Hello, everyone. This is Shani Baker from LMC Law. I thought that a short session on contract law and the basics might be a good introduction on how to handle contracts and a briefing on what to look out for. General practice seems to be played with a variety of different contractual arrangements, all of which entail different types of contracts. This can be very confusing for individuals and more often than not causes more issues going forward if advice is not taken early on. However, this session aims to give you some handy tips on basic contracts and contract law, and I hope you find it helpful. Let's start with what is a contract. In order to create a contract, you need to have three basic things in place. Someone needs to offer you something. For example, an organization offers you a service. You need to accept that offer. And there also needs to be the glue that binds the contract together. And that is known in law as consideration. Now consideration can be money which changes hands or is used to purchase the services. That is actually the most common type of consideration. Or it could be an exchange of services. For example, I will paint your fence if you wash my car. No money exchanges hands, but nevertheless, we're exchanging services and therefore that is adequate consideration. The important thing to remember is that without those three elements, there is no contract. Now that statement brings me nicely onto the nature of MOUs or Memorandum of Understandings. These are not contracts as they typically lack the three elements I spoke about earlier. Memorandum of understandings are what we call principal documents. They set out the principles upon which parties will likely use to contract legally later on. It helps when you are still in the negotiation stage to set out what principles you are likely to want reflected in any legal contract. The MOU, therefore, is not legally binding, and it should state that within the clauses. We are often asked to draft MOUs when, in fact, we should be drafting legally binding arrangements. An MOU is not always the right type of document to have in place, and it isn't by its very nature a legally binding agreement. Furthermore, MOUs are often used to set out the collaboration arrangements between several parties. But you should always check when given these to sign whether the document clearly states it is not legally binding. Some clauses within an MOU might be legally binding, but the document should set out which ones. The entire document, however, or at least most of the clauses within it, 
will not be binding upon you, even if you sign the signatory page. Contracts can be both written or oral, but I think we are safe to assume that a written contract is far better as it's clear what the terms are and you've got some evidence by way of the written contract as to what the parties intend to do. That is what exactly they have agreed. However, even if you have a written contract, there are some problems. For example, some written contracts are incomplete. And although it may seem you have agreed on a particular arrangement, you should ensure that any contract you are given contains the right clauses to protect yourself. Some organizations provide standard terms and conditions, which contain clauses very heavily loaded in favor of the person producing them. This of course is done very deliberately. And unless you challenge these, you will be bound by them and may find that if things go wrong, you have no get out clause and you may even have limited compensation, if at all. Some contracts are very robust and detailed. And if they are, then do try and get these looked at and reviewed before signing. Beware also as to who is signing on your behalf. If you give your practice manager, for example, authority to sign, then you are bound by the terms of any contract that they sign on your behalf. This may even be the case if the practice manager exceeds his or her authority. Beware also of setting what we call historical precedents. It means that even if you have a written contract in place and you defer from the terms and do something completely different and contrary to those terms as agreed, and you do this for a long period of time, then that term may be implied into the contract and can be relied upon the person who is benefiting from it. You must always have a clause in any agreement that states that the terms of that agreement can only be changed if both parties agree in writing. Make sure you check for this clause in any contract that you sign. You should also check the termination clauses in any agreement. Some of these can be quite onerous and may not allow you to terminate so easily. Some contracts are drafted in a way that if you miss the date for issuing notice to terminate, then the contract, unfortunately for you, will roll on for another lengthy period and you will not be able to escape it without a penalty. You should also make sure you take advice as to the type of contract that you need to have in place. You need to make it clear who the parties to this contract are. And sometimes there can be more than one party and the parties may all have different obligations which need to be clearly reflected within the contract. Liability clauses are also worth getting right. 
you need to make sure that if the other party to the contract gets it wrong and breaches the terms, what is it you're able to claim back? Some people limit their liability. And so if you haven't checked the contract properly, you'll find that even if they've done something wrong or even breached the contract terms significantly and caused you loss or damage, you may not be able to claim back very much, if anything. At the end of the day, contractual terms need to be clear and they need to be able to be understood by the layperson, not just a lawyer. They need to be fair to both sides and take into account the types of risks involved. So for example, you are not going to require a 70 page contract for someone who you have hired to paint your fence. On the other hand, you do need to weigh the risks of any contractual arrangements in terms of what the damage would be if things went wrong. Take advice where you are able before signing any contract. There are so many elements that you need to consider other than the main core elements. So for example, you might need to consider the effects of UK GDPR and data protection legislation, especially if personal information is being utilized or processed. You may need some time constraints on some clauses, particularly if you need something to be done within a particular time frame. Or some contracts may require valuations that need to take place. All of these have special clauses that should reflect the position and protect one or both parties fairly. LMC law do have a retainer with the LMC. So if you need an initial review of any contract, then we may be able to do this for you at no cost. We hope you found these small tips very helpful. Goodbye and happy contracting.